Hi, I'm Ritika Kocha or Dilli Ki Diva, an urban woman recording her learnings about art, culture, mythology, spirituality, social changes and ecology as I travel through India and other countries. Today, I'm going to be interviewing designer Jatin Kocha. Knocking. Don't stand outside there. Come on in here. <laughs> okay. Good morning, everyone. The person I have with me today is Jatin Kocher. Jatin is not only one of India's most well-known designers. He's been a designer for over 30 years now, which I think is fantastic, from the age of 19 onwards. But more than that, he's one of those people who I have a lot of respect for. He is much more than just a designer of clothes, which he does fantastically as well. He's also worked as an artist, worked as you know, designing furniture. He's also been an author. He's worked on television as an anchor. And he also writes. He writes a lot of columns, newspapers, etc. So when I was thinking about discussing sustainability, Jatin was, of course, one of the first people I went to to hold this conversation with. And I think that I, we've had this conversation over a month. So I think it's changed both of the ways we look at sustainability in fashion. And obviously, we all know that fashion is one of the areas which is the least sustainable in the world for a number of I wanted to talk to Jatin to understand how he sees us, especially in India, how do we become more aware of sustainability and what we can do as people to become more sustainable in the way we deal with fashion and we deal with textiles, etc. Jatin, if I may ask, should I start with the question or do you want to say hi? Hi and thank you so much for a very kind introduction. That was uh, very, very gracious of you and let's roll. So, uh, as I said, I've seen you in practice and I know you think we just fashion. I mean, your interests are wide-ranging, you're a well-read person, you, you're looking at various aspects of life around us. And especially during this lockdown, I've realized how important sustainability is. You know, we can function without anything. We, we don't have to buy clothes on a regular basis, but we definitely need water. We need to make do with what we have, all that. So, Chatham, my first question is, what practices from your childhood do you remember that in retrospect, you realize are sustainable and have formed you in some way? You know, um, it's a great question. Uh, about a couple of years ago, the Japanese government invited me for like uh, nearly, nearly three months. And I saw, and it was, uh, you know, the function, and uh, it was just really, it was an eye-opener. Of course, it's an absolutely amazing culture, amazing country. But the amount of wastage there uh, was absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, of course, so was everything else. I mean, their design, their sense of aesthetics. So if I bought a piece of cake or pastry, it would be packed full. And the packing was so beautiful that I won't even want to open it because I would spoil it. That was my belief. But at the same time, it just amazed me that why would you waste so much resources on something that doesn't need so much time? I mean, of course, it looked very nice. The presentation was stunning. And uh, getting back to your question, what I think has been really amazing uh, growing up is the fact that we really upcycle and recycle within our culture. True. Thank you. Uh, so I think, uh, I mean, ever since we, we were in kids, I saw, I remember I used to go with my grandmom to get biscuits made. So you would take the atta and whatever the ingredients were and you actually went to the local bakery, you sat there, you got it made and it used to be a pipa full or you know like the the, the big tin canister which would be like I think 10 liters or something like that. And so that used to be great. It was a great experience. As a child I got to see how it was made. I mean our kids don't know. It's all, always, all the food comes from uh, supermarket and we have to be blamed for 
that. So I think that was a great learning experience for me. And also the fact that if this was the same pipa in which we got the oil or the tea or whatever it was. So once that was used, it was being reused in which we would get all the biscuits made and they would be stored in there as long as they lasted. So similarly, all the glass jars, all the glass bottles, the tin, all the packaging, we've always been using it. Of course, you know, a lot of elites of people living in the cities, Indians kind of look down upon it and think, oh, it's uh, very drolly to do that. But that would not be the case in my understanding. And uh, we all make fun of how we really want to use the, in the end of the toothpaste. We keep squeezing it, we keep cutting it. And I really don't see anything wrong there because this, whatever we don't add to the pollution is a step ahead. True. So I think this is one of those practices that uh, we've lived with. And I hope that these kind of practices live longer and uh, the, the present generation gets to be more aware of it. I don't see anything wrong in doing this. Now, I mean, now it's become trendy. So now you have upcycle groups on Facebook. You have recycle groups. I mean, we are a country that's always been doing it. And we don't have to follow what the other guys are doing. I mean, every trip that I've made to the States, it's alarming, you know. The amount of wastage I see that. Whether it's the food or the product. And it was strange because, you know, I'm not a massive eater. Hmm. So if I would order a meal there and I would say, okay, please don't give me this much. I don't need, give me half of it. Surprisingly, they were going to charge me more for that. I could never understand that logic. I mean, I, I simply don't need it because if you give me extra food, I will have to put it in the trash can there. And that's not something that we have brought up with, you know. Absolutely. So these kind of things uh, I'm glad I have learned in my childhood. And I mean, let's discuss the fashion industry, which in India we've had something like Kantha, mm-hmm. which is essentially taking um, old your old cottons and putting yes. them stack on stack on stack on stack and right. then threading them together to make something new whether right. blanket or whatever and now yeah in today's agent time we call that upcycling but mm. it, it's beautiful I mean that is what we treasure as memories as well yeah, you know because it's, it's stuff you love and so you work a lot with I've seen your work and you work a lot with uh, old ideas you also work with new stuff like this Ayurveda uh, this, what is it Arrowhead fabric Ayurvedic fabric what is it exactly it's called Ayurvastra so it's basically a 5,000 year old Ayurvedic technique where and it can only be done with natural fibers 100% natural fibers only so where for example it is part of hand spun so Charka, like we are all aware of it in there hmm. and then it's hand woven so once it's hand spun and it's in a yarn form then the yarn is in essential oil wow so keeping the ailments in mind so for different ailments different essential oils are used and they're dried and then that yarn is converted into fabric and it's hand woven so it's not a hand loop so it's an uh, very laborious and purely organic fabric and so is the process of making it. Now, the interesting thing about it is that because it's 100% cotton and it's organic, so it, so the garment or the fabric keeps you warm in winters and keeps you cool in the summer. That's the inherent quality of it. And because it's hand done, so depending on the mood of the weaver, the, the tension of the fabric, the warm and the rest, keeps wearing. You know, because it's not machine made, so it's not absolutely similar. So what I'm trying to tell you is that each garment that is made out of that fabric is unique because the structure of the fabric is wearing. And also you can't do very long length, unlike uh, machine-made fabric that can you can do hundreds and, and thousands of meters. This can only be done, you know, a couple of meters in one go. So it must be crazy expensive? It is crazy expensive because it's all hand labor. And also there is only one small village in Tamil Nadu where technology is still alive. Wow. So what 
what would you recommend for the likes of us who are living in a city? We are, you know, we need to use either hand wash or put in a machine, but we want to be sustainable. You see, most people, even in our country, are not very clear what sustainable means. True. Specifically, what sustainable fashion is. True. So I think it's a great opportunity for me to share something that each one of us, irrespective of class, creed, age, race, that we can all practice and we can all make a huge contribution for the present generation and for generations to come. So I'm going to share a few points that uh, we can all indulge in. We must indulge it. I would like to insist. First thing is, I would say, uh, invest in good quality clothing. For example, you just, you know, you just mentioned that the fabric that I was telling you about is expensive. Yes, I agree. It is expensive. But the fact is, it is going to last you so very long and the goodness or the, the quality of the product is so high that it's, you know, it surpasses the money that you spend on it. Also, this fabric has medicinal quality because it's dipped in essential oil. So, you know, basic things like tension, diabetes, uh, or skin problems. So, a lot of these things that may not be like regular big time medical issues because we all think it's part of our everyday lifestyle. I mean, even that is looked into once you use that fabric. So, that's why I'm insisting invest in good quality clothing and good quality clothing is not cheap. And that's why it's not cheap. And when I'm talking of quality, I'm also talking of good design. So instead of being carried away by fads, you know, we all get carried away. Also, luckily, what is happening now is everything is available in the market. So, I mean, it may be trendy to wear skinny jeans or bell bottoms or whatever the current trend is. But the fact is that's no longer the scene as far as the consumer is concerned. Because some people still like to wear loose pants or elephant pants or bell bottoms or regular pants. You know, everybody's got their personal choice. So when you go to the market, you have all styles available. So invest in things that will last and most importantly, that complement you, not just because they are in fashion. So number one, invest in good quality fabric and clothing. Number two, look after your clothing. You know, I'm I'm 48 years old and I still have pieces that I bought when I was 18 years old and I still wear them. They still fit me and they still look absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's just very basic how you look after your things. I mean, I'm not telling you to go upside down. It's just very basic, you know. You keep it clean. Whatever needs to be done, whether it's wool or cotton, you know, we are well aware. And if you're not aware, there's all the information available on the net. Please make a little effort and you will really, so that you can enjoy your clothing. Because clothing is, is something that you invest in. But most of us don't realize that. Thirdly, I would insist that invest in seasonless clothing. So repeat so, that again. What clothing? Seasonless. Seasonless. Okay. You know, because we, we have this whole, this whole concept or this belief that the fashion industry has put into our lifestyle. That there has to be clothing for everything. You know, there is casual, there is formal, there is summer, there is... So all they have done is create more business opportunity for themselves. True. And we bought it. So it's time we kind of got rid of that, got smarter in the fashion marketing market. And when I'm saying invest in seasonless clothing, so basically what you do is, it's very simple. And that's largely the kind of clothing that I've been doing. So when, it's, when it gets colder, you basically layer it up. And when it becomes warmer, you layer it down. That's pretty simple. So you don't have to specifically buy winter clothing. Also, we don't have such severe winter in our country. So you don't really need to go, I mean, you only get like 20 days of heavy duty winter. You can easily get by layering it up. Also, when I say layering it up means you can go easy on your electricity bills. So instead of switching on the heating, which is not great for breathing and also which is very bad for your skin because uh, 
all the blowers and the heaters that they uh, use, they eat up all the oxygen in the room. In fact, every winter we get to hear of people, uh, fatalities that happen because of, you know, people not realizing, you know, sleeping in a closed room, no ventilation, all this oxygen runs out. Anyways, so that's what I'm trying to tell you, that please, you can layer it up, you can wear two, two socks. You're going to save your skin, your health, and your money. And also, electricity, uh, the energy that can be used for other better purposes. Then the next thing that I'd like to say is point number four, donate your unwanted clothes. You know, we all have this, especially in, in our country, we have this whole belief. We just love holding things. I mean, we all have medicine closet, which is full of medicines, which expired like five years ago, 10 years ago. They are just lying there. Uh, we all have clothes that don't fit us, but you know, we're just holding on, holding on to them for whatever reason, for memories, etc., etc., and things like that. So we need to donate your unwanted clothing. And uh, number five, upcycle clothing for kids. Very, very important because people who have kids uh, realize that kids grow really quick, especially little ones. So you buy clothes and they don't even get an opportunity to wear them enough. And a lot of times they're brand new, you know, maybe once or twice. So please upcycle them. There is absolutely nothing wrong with it. We have uh, upcycled our kids' clothing all the time. And I am not embarrassed about it. For example, we are open to the idea if, you know, friends, their kids have grown up, they want to share their clothing, family wants to share, and we further share it with friends and family and it works absolutely fine in fact uh, little kids love it if they if they know this is their big t-shirt or TV dress or whatever the sixth thing that I would really want to talk about is there is a 30 wears campaign by Livia she's the founder of EcoAge can you repeat the name again please it's, a, it's called 30 wears campaign by Livia F-I-R-T-H and she's the founder of EcoAge okay alright so, so you google any of this and you will get all the information. Then number seven that I would like to share is learn to repair clothing. You know, basic simple things. You know, there's a hole. Now you get fabric glue. It's available in India. You can do something smart with it. You don't have to throw away the garment. So, you know, maybe a button is missing. You know, minor little things. So we just have to make a little effort because now especially for people in urban areas because we think we are so busy, we are so important. How can we bother with all these little things? Also because we are so into fast fashion. You know, very cool and also it's so cheap that we don't really bother so every trip to the mall buy clothes because we tell ourselves oh it's so cheap it doesn't matter you know so what happens is we accumulate so much stuff that we don't use also it is not of the best quality because that's the kind of money we spend so that's the kind of product we get it just occupies space in your closet and if something goes missing in it we rather chuck it or we don't care or this body just lies around so please buy things that you're going to use that you truly love you look at them and you're like wow I love it this does wonders to me. I think this lockdown has uh, been very good for that. We've all started discovering stuff lying in the back of our cupboards. And aren't we all surprised that we have so much stuff? <laughs> we really do. That if you don't really go shopping for another year or so, we're going to be fine. Incidentally, I haven't done shopping in almost like the way I used to shop, almost three, four years. And I realized I had so much stuff that I had shopped because, you know, I could see, you know, at the spur of the moment or, you know, it was midnight shopping on the net. And also, most importantly, 
importantly because one thing, oh, it's, so it's so cheap, it's so big deal, you can just get it. So I had hordes of clothes and shoes and I mean stuff which had tags on, which was still in packaging. But because I kept thinking, oh, you know, I need this look, I need that look. And the fact was, I never ended up using any of it. It was just lying around. So what do you use? What gets worn and what doesn't? So you have to make up your mind, are you going to use it? Because if you are going to use it, you would use it. And, and at the back of your head, you know it, whether you're going to use it or not. If you think you're not going to use it, please give it away. Because there are loads of people out there who would die for that, literally. You know. So I'm always happy to share it with my staff. I, in fact, whatever I don't need, I just keep it out. And I will let it sit there for a day or two so that I can make up my mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I want to keep them away. And I have, I say my final buys, uh, you know, I tend to get uh, emotionally attached to things. I mean, I don't find it weird. You know, it's just who I am. And I, I have no qualms about it. So two days ago, I had, I don't know, it was a bottle of lotion or something. No, no, sorry, it was my eye drop. So I reached the point that I had to chuck it because it was over. So with a very heavy heart, I had to pick it up and I had to chuck it. I literally did that, you know, I put it in the bin and I said, bye, my friend, because it did good to me and I'm very thankful for it. And it's not that, you know, they all say, oh, matlab nikal gaya, so got rid of it. Well, that's not really the case because there was matlab in the sense, I mean, that was my eye drops I was using and now it's there over. And also, during this lockdown, it just dawned upon me. I looked around and I said, oh my God, I am living in a plastic world, literally. The amount of plastic we all have in our houses, in our homes, is beyond alarming. Every damn packaging has plastic, everything. I mean, despite the fact that we all know that this is not going to each little plastic lid or tucker or box or bottle, it's going to be around for, I don't know how many hundreds of years. It's not going to go away unless we recycle it. So would it be better that we could think of some other ways of packaging, which is eco-friendly and not ridiculously expensive because the, the op- options that we have now are not practical. And I'm sure the human race is clever enough to find uh, solutions, but solutions can only be found if there is a demand for it. So for example, so the clothes that you're selling, are you now packing them in cloth or something? Are you using twine? Have you come up with any solutions? Well, honestly speaking, I used to do cloth bags ages ago. Right. And then, you know, there was this whole thing about branding. You know, I'm just being upfront and honest. Right. So that's the first thing in uh, branding and marketing that every opportunity you get to reach out to more people, you should explore. So that meant doing fancy handbags, glossy and, you know, with all kinds of printing and foil printing and it's more ridiculously expensive, but because that was the trend. So in the past four, five years, I have started doing something which no branding or marketing person would appreciate or approve of. So I have been recycling all the bags that I get, meaning all the bags that come into my house. I mean, mostly Indians, we love to do that. So we collect shopping bags. Yes, from my childhood onwards, you're absolutely right. We collected all the birthday party paper and bags and reused all of it. So yeah. So with all my insane amounts of shopping, I had access to insane amounts of shopping bags. So it just struck me that, you know, why am I holding? And also it's paper. It's over a period of time, it it gets bad. You know, you have to just throw it. So now I actually give away my goods to people in other people's bags. Wow. Yeah. Don't feel bad about it. It doesn't bother me. But of course, if somebody insists they want my bag, I would be happy to give it to them because that's their right as a customer and they are paying for branding. But I have to be honest that I haven't really come across very, many people like that. It's very rarely, you know, if people are buying a gift for somebody, you know, 
music that I uh, put it in my bag because of whatever label punches or whatever the issues are. Yeah. So I think it's, it's been great. I, I really don't have an issue to give my stuff in other people's bags. I'm like, instead of just flying and, you know, rotting away with me, it's better that the bag is put to some use. And I'm glad I think that way. I, I agree. You know, it doesn't bother me that, oh, I'm promoting someone else's brand. There are bigger things that we need to look into. I mean, if we are not going to survive, then uh, what is the brand new That's really cool of you, really. I don't know if it's because of marketing, whether it's because of ego. Yeah, most designers wouldn't think of doing something which is so non-egoistical. In fact, when I wasn't doing this, I also contemplated the idea of getting plain brown paper bags. Of course, not doggy bags, proper shopping bags with, you know, carry bags. Right. Study fabric. But then it just struck me that I don't really need to invest in that either when I already have bags. Like, what am I going to do with them? It's all the bags that I, that I get. And not only that, when we go shopping now, we actually have shopping bags in our car. You know, when we go to the grocery, sure. and we kind of insist, especially when we're doing grocery. Of course, now it's, you know, the supermarkets have made business out of it because most Indians still haven't gotten used to the idea of plastic bags. So I have these foldable bags in my bag, in my car, everywhere. So if I'm in a mall, in my bag, I have a foldable, reusable bag that can take up to 10 kgs. So I promptly take out my bag and put my shopping in it. Yeah, because normally in a mall, you've got everyone walking out with those hajar pafas from various well-known companies. You know, also, I think it's, it's basically consciously or subconsciously, you know, we want to kind of share it or show it off to others. Like, oh, you know, I did so much shopping. You know, it's a, it's a shopper's high. I understand that. Yeah. But that high is coming at a very high price to us. So it's time we made some choices. And till the time we don't do it, we can't expect the future generations to do anything about it because they are only going to do what we do. We can give them all the spiel, all the stories that just never works with kids. Whatever you do is exactly what they are going to follow. True. So, okay, very quickly because much as I love this discussion, I think should keep it short for the people who can listen to it uh, on their way home from work and all. Sure. So tell me, in the fashion world itself, what's the one fact that we should know? You know, when we're talking about sustainability, etc. Is there anything that we should know while we go out there shopping? Well, honestly speaking, I have shared all the key points right. because I don't want to get into the technical aspect because that's going to be irrelevant for uh, a layperson. Cool. So these are, you know, all the points that each one of us can actually do because now it's very trendy, you know, every now and then, you know, I get invited to a conference and seminars on sustainability. Right. And I am not very sure what exactly they have been able to do concretely about it. I mean, it's great to discuss it, but time they went further from just talking about it. And also, we need to share the relevance with the lay person. Yeah. I mean, if you know a bunch of experts are having this big chat about it, it doesn't mean anything to a person on the street. They don't even know what the word sustainability means. So we need to get it out to the common man, keep it simple, and get them involved. And luckily, we've been doing as as a nation, I think we've been very sustainable and leaving the tier A cities, the tier 2 and 3 and the smaller towns and rural areas are still very much training. They are into the habit. I mean, we all, we're all aware that earlier when we were kids, parents would uh, give away old clothes uh, in exchange of utensils. So, which I think was uh, great. 
Zafu. I mean, the whole concept of Zafu and fixing tiny holes in your clothes till there. Yeah, yeah, and all of that, and also the clothes that we gave away and got plastic things or steel utensils. Those clothes were again being sold, and that meant they were again being used. So it's fantastic. I haven't seen that in a, actually in Delhi. I haven't seen that in yeah. a while. Yeah, that's why I'm saying that this is still being practiced in smaller places. It's still there. Mm-hmm. It's just that our mindset has changed. So that's why a lot of things change. And even till date, you know, we used to get these guys used to say, "Oh, kali karalo." I don't, uh, I don't have, I don't know the term in English. Where you get your brass utensils polished, I guess. Okay. Now imagine those utensils were passed from generation. True. So the amount of sustainability and all the goodness of the metal, and because they were heavy, so the quality was fantastic. That's why it could be used generation to generation. Now we've changed all of that. You know, we want everything is different. You know, we have a picnic set, we have this set, we have barbecue, we have all different things, and none of them last True. for whatever quality. So, and, but and this is primarily happening in the bigger cities. You go to smaller cities, life is pretty much the same. Is it? I don't know because the smaller cities I end up going to all seem to have malls and shopping and eating out. No, and no, 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 no. Oh, that is there because that's the new fad. But if you, but you see again, malls is for a certain uh, strata. And that is a small number compared to the rest of the population we have in our country. I mean, most of the population cannot afford to go to a McDonald's. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't make that kind of money. So that's why we are only seeing stuff that we are exposing ourselves to. Because even till day, I mean, I think even till two weeks ago, you know, the Kali guy will come. And uh, what happens is that he will ring the bell and he will insist Kali Karalo and then I will lose it because I'm like, are you aware I mean, it just made me think the guy doesn't have any other skill. Number two, I am being honest because he no longer has any of those buttons. But it, it got me thinking that had we held on to those buttons that we still have, you know, those from olden times, yeah. we could have still been using them. And we don't have to buy all these expensive china because we're just mindlessly buying. Like a couple of days ago, I packed one big carton full of coffee mugs. True. I've got so many coffee mugs in my house. And the thing is, you can only use a few at a point of time. Also, you need that much space. True. I mean, I packed maybe 60, 70 coffee mugs. <laughs> which I've been collecting. So, you know, we have emotional attachment. So, I don't want to give it away. And they, you know, I bought them from different parts of the world, etc., etc. They all have a story. But I need to make space. So, what would you to... rather us be drinking coffee in? No, I'm not saying that you don't have coffee. Man. What I've, so, what I've started doing is that I have started rotating them because I have so many. We all have so many. On the other hand, if you went and bought a really expensive coffee, man, you are not going to buy tens of them. Man. So, that's... That's what I'm getting at. Okay. So I'm not insisting that you buy expensive coffee mugs, but something that you connect with and, and you just enjoy it. So now, so I got a lot out. I've got 10 coffee mugs out and the 70 are packed. When I'm in a mood for change, I open my box and I rotate and I have something new to enjoy again. And at the same time, it is also old because it is old. So I have all those memories, but I haven't accessed those memories because I was not using those products. So I think, I mean, for me, this is working great, but I've been doing it for a very long time so 
all this works for people who tend to buy a lot of things and we all buy souvenirs the cost doesn't really matter when you're on holiday because you all want you want that souvenir right yeah it, it, it's just memory i have been lucky enough to travel extensively all over the world so even if i bought small little things from each country i have way too much <laughs> way too much and it's not that it's not kind of stuff that i would like to give away yeah because i am not going to go to you know back up beyond to uzbekistan and you know god knows when i'll get to go again true so i would like to hold on to these little things trinkets that i got so so i have figured out that this is a great way you pack stuff you use some and then you kind of bring it bring it out create a new look so it keeps me occupied mentally so there is a design element in it and you add something new to it i mean that's what works for me just sharing my wild ideas that's that's absolutely amazing thank you so much is there any one tip that you'd like people out there especially kids who are listening in on this to you know go out and do go out and learn go out and practice regularly i know you've already told us a lot i know this may sound that it's not directly connected but it is connected <laughs> what i would like to share with people is we need to get into the healthy habit of drinking lots of water so if you know if you're wondering where the hell did this come from you need to drink a lot of water because water makes your brain work so you can think more clearly and when you think clearly there is a way to go it was fantastic talking to you fantastic and so guys drink lots of water you won't have to invest in acne medicine or solution and you look great your skin looks fantastic and your mind functions all it takes is this water yeah thank you so much and that ladies and gentlemen was jatin kochar talking about sustainability in clothing in case you want to get in touch with him you can find him on instagram at jatin kochar that is j a t t i n n k o c h a r and you can slide into his dms thank you and good night who's that knocking at my door